Finish the Sun. It's off the forthcoming album by Shane Cooper and Mabuta. They've just released a new single, which we'll uh, try and play towards the end of the hour as well. And we've got Shane Cooper on the line, bassist and composer. Shane, as always, a real, real pleasure to be talking to you. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much, Michelle. It's always awesome to speak to you. Uh, really glad to be here this morning. Thank you. Shane, whoa, you guys have been working hard, hey? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Tell us yeah. a little bit about the album that's coming out in May, the work that you've been doing on it. We've just played a fabulous track. Um, who's on it? Who's you working? Who are you working with with it with regards to uh, the musicians and that kind of thing? Yes, yeah, so this is the second album from my band Mabuta and I, um, and there's been a couple of changes within the organism of the group itself, you know, the first thing was that the uh, the long-time drummer, Marlon, had kind of a career change during 2020 with everything that was going on. And so he's moved his focus elsewhere. Um, and wow. so I decided, because at that time I was in the sort of early phases of pre-production with this album and kind of finishing up some new compositions and working on other drafts and things. And, and what happens with that phase is just sort of a collection and trying to get the overview of where the concept was going. And so that radically changed kind of what I'd intended for the album back then. Um, and I decided to sort of pursue the idea of working with some of my friends who play drums all around the world remotely mm. and keep the rest of the South African musicians, you know, as, as they were. So um, I kind of, at that point, I had a bunch of material that was feeling really strong and I had a clear vision around the album, and I decided then to just scrap everything except for one or two songs and really start afresh and have yeah. a new perspective. And so I, I wrote this music over the course of 2020 and 2021 um, and it kind of took in a lot of um, different influences that, that really grounded themselves in African rhythms, African grooves from around the continent. You know, this track mm. is played now is very influenced by Ganawa music from Morocco that was obviously with my own spin. It's not pure as by any means. And so I just immersed myself in a lot of really beautiful, groovy African music and let that influence the kind of directions I was taking. And then at the same time, I was getting very into mountain biking. Um, <laughs> so a lot of this music I wrote after coming back from riding, and I would use the kind of energy my body had at that point and, and the, feed, you know, the exercise endorphins and all that stuff yeah. to inject a kind of what I consider like a very positive energy into the song. So this album for me is a very uplifting record. It's, um, it hasn't got a lot of melancholy in it. I think it's very, um, it's very energetic and very motivating. And that was the kind of energy I wanted to get back from the music for myself. Yeah. And so I think that translates to the listeners. Um, and so I spent the two years writing it and, and, you know, the guys that ended up playing on it are of course the, the long time, members of Mabuta Bokani Gaia on piano and keyboards. We've got Sonke Conti on saxophone. Um, we've got Robin Fati on trumpet. Uh, we've got the legendary Buddy Wells on a few songs on saxophone as well. He was featured on that last one played now. Um, and then, as I said, on the drum chair, we, we had some amazing guests from all over the world. You know, that last song um, is a fantastic drummer named Julian Sartorius from Bern in Switzerland, yeah, who yeah. I've worked with before. Um, fantastic musician. And the next song you're going to be playing later in the show features Lumpile Maguna, who's a, a, a Jodo drummer. Um, he plays a lot with Tandi Swamazwai and artists like that. Yeah. Um, and that song is really rooted in kind of a, a Muscundi style. So he was the perfect guy for it. So it was an amazing opportunity for me to bring in some fresh sounds on the drum kit. You know, for myself as a bass player, my favorite, my favorite thing to do in the world is to play next to a drummer that 
that I resonate with because it just forms this incredible cyclical groove that can go on forever. Yeah. And then you put the horns and saxophones <laughs> and trumpets and drums and uh, keyboards and stuff on top, and it just makes sense. It's like a perfect cake. So, you know, so I... for me with this, you know, I just decided to reach out to all these guys I feel had a strong connection with and yeah. bring them all onto one record. It was amazing. So I want you to stick with this thing of the drummer because, you know, one always thinks of um, the sort of rhythm section, which would be the drummer and the bassist, like as in yourself, mm-hmm. as being a very tight team. And yeah. so I imagine that when you lose your drummer, um, you, as you said earlier, you had to basically throw stuff out. To, and now was that because of that? Was it because you wanted to rethink and reimagine that sound? It was. It was. It was because I guess at that point the collection of material I had was really based around, you know, I always write for the musicians in the band, even mm. though I'm the composer. I want things to work to their strengths because then the songs will really shine and become something even better than I could have imagined. Yeah. And so a lot of the material then was built around that exact format, which included him. And then when he, you know, changed career paths, I thought, well... What did well, he do? Um, he trades now in, in foreign exchange. So, oh. Yeah, very, very different fields, yeah. Yeah. Um, drastically different, yeah. So, yeah, I was just thinking, well, okay, do these songs, you know, are they going to translate to every drummer? And I thought, well, some guys, but I don't want to now force the drummer to fit that mold. Mm. There's no need. Because yeah. the thing is, if I'm feeling inspired, I can, I can write music, you know... I could yeah. write three albums, it's just, it depends which ones do I want to then take the time to flesh out as a yes. band, you know? So I thought, well, let me actually just take a step back and see what I'm feeling now from a fresh <laughs> perspective, you know? Yeah. And I just, I just kind of immersed, immersed myself in a new, a new feeling and let that guide me. And then from that, from all these sketches and demos I had created, I sort of decided which ones would fit which drummers. And, and, and I've, got a, I've got a huge mental list of drummers all around the world that I've got connections with that, yeah. I have a particular feeling for, and it's almost like with your friends, you know, certain people you like to speak with about politics, some yeah. you might like to speak yeah. with about sports. And it's that sort of thing. I know exactly how I feel good spending, you know, 10 minutes playing music with this guy and that guy, you know? Yeah. So, you yeah. know, um, I, I'm I'm super keen. When you talk about that, you, you took up mountain biking during COVID and the impact it's had on your music. You see, we we forget all of those those joining, or I suppose one could call it the jo- joining of the very different dots to create yeah. um, something which is completely different. And yeah. are you, are you get, you know, you say more uplifting in terms of the music that you're playing. Has it just given you a whole different kind of sound? Yeah, I think so. It's, it's <laughs> so interesting because if you, you know, I was, I was speaking to a friend about this exact point the other day. Yeah. And if you're, because one can go through so many emotions in one day, depending on where your attention's going or what yes, you're going through yeah. in your life, you know. But if if anyone's into jogging or any of that sort of cardiovascular stuff, you know, when you come back, you have this window that you really feel good and you flushed out toxins and mm. your body's kind of vibrating on a higher level, you know. And, and so I, I just was doing it for fun and for my own kind of, you know, thing. And, and then I, I started coming, because I was always coming back from a cycling session and then, you know, committing to, you know, X amount of time in the studio to compose because that was my task at the time. And I just started to look back and go, oh, my goodness, every time I wrote music after coming back from writing, things would have a certain kind of tempo, a certain pulse that was very connected mm. to where my heartbeat had just been. You know, I'd come back, things would made out, take a shower, then get back in, but I was still in that head state. And so things would have a forward motion and a kind of energy that would propel me as a listener when I listen back and kind of would make notes and stuff. 
And I realized that this was a, a continuous theme that ran through most of the material that I decided to zone in on and yeah. form the body of this album. And that's really cool for me because I want to listen back to an album that I've made and, and reflect upon what I was going through at the time. And so with this, I'm zoning in on, on really positive stuff, you know, and it, it, it then reflects in the song titles, it reflects in the album title as well, this overarching kind of theme. Yeah. Shane, um, you talk about like that you would go out mountain bike, come back, and you suddenly at a, at a higher tempo or a higher pulse. And I've started to think, would this then start to impact the work that you do, the comp- compositions that you create in terms of your electronic music? I mean, you go under the alias of Cardon Spokes. And if you're yeah. going to talk to kind of beats per minute and that kind of thing, would, yeah. would, that, would that impact? Oh, definitely. Oh, 100%. I think yeah. so, because it's just... I was also thinking recently how, because of the bass player, it's a very, especially double bass, you know, it's mm. a very, um, it's like an amplifier speaker right attached to your body, so you feel everything that you're playing mm. vibrate back into your torso as you're playing. So I'm very physically connected to the music, and so when I'm when I'm deciding which direction to go, it, it, it's not a it's not a mental process at all. The initial thing is a physical one, and it's about what tempo and feel. You know, we always talk about feel in music, how mm. feel. Um, it just feels right. I go very instinctively, and so it's a physical response to my instrument. I take it, I pick it up, where does my body kind of feel right at that point, and that will decide the tempo. And usually I've got like hundreds of voice notes on my phone of ideas I come up with, and often if I go back to the initial scam idea, because everything, whenever I come up with an idea, I put it straight into my phone. If I listen to the original stem idea and in the final album version, the tempos are almost identical without me having, you know, exacted that at some point. And, and so it just speaks to how um, so much is going on with us and our connection with music that we can't even articulate in words, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shane, we are going to go into your, your your first single of the album, which is um, Where the Heart Is. Briefly describe what it what it's about and uh, who's who's on it. Yeah, so on this track we've got Sasonke uh, Conti on tenor saxophone, um, Buddy Wells on feature tenor saxophone. So they do a dual saxophone solo, which comes mm. up at one point. Really nice. Um Bukhani Dai on piano, he plays an absolutely amazing piano yeah. solo on this as well. Uh, Robin Fassi on trumpet and Lunkile Maduna on drums. And I just, I remember the day we recorded it, we recorded the piano at um, Bukhani's father's studio, Diatribe Studios. Bukhani's dad, of course, a famous, amazing yeah. saxophonist and stuff. That's right. And uh, Steve, Bukhani's dad, and I were sitting in the control room while Bukhani was playing. And he did, I think, two or three takes of the solo. And I remember when he played this one, I think it was the second one. We just, at one point, he played a certain note, and Steve and I just looked at each other and were like, that's the one, you know? We just yeah. knew, you know, sometimes. But the, the whole idea with this was just thinking about um, this one I did actually write also, particularly coming back from writing, and I had this up-tempo pulse, and I just thought about how much I love the the, mu- the traditional music of South Africa. In particular, mm. I have a very, very um, strong bond with the bass lines that come out of Sudan yeah. music, traditional Sudan music, and the Sani sure. music. Yeah, absolute huge fan of it, you know, and I wanted to pay tribute to that. And so, but it was also speaking to how, you know, for me at, at certain points, music is a home and that kind of music is a home and how that music for me really just feels so rooted in my, my heart feels so rooted in that kind of music, even though I'm not Zulu by any means, you know what yeah. I mean? As a bass player, I really connect with it. And so I, I, I spoke to a lot of friends about their concepts of home and made some videos on this subject where the heart is on, on YouTube and that. But yeah, for me, this was really about music being such a strong way for me to root myself to South Africa and to the various amazing cultures we have here. 
Shane Cooper, as always, thank you so much for joining us. Shane Cooper and Mabuto, this is uh, their brand new single. And it's going to be uh, off a forthcoming album, which uh, is due out in May. So listen up for that.